Why would a psychic leave the occult and choose to follow Jesus? What drew her to the occult in the first place as a child? What did she experience and why did she leave? Well, our guest today is Jennifer Niza, author of From Psychic to Saved. Jen, I'm so honored to have you on and I'm really curious about your story. So thanks for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me on. I, I love your videos. I, I, I watch them and I love them. So I'm really thrilled to be here and I'm grateful that people are exposing the new age because it's so prevalent, um, mm. especially in our culture today. So well, let's let's get yeah, you're, you're absolutely welcome. Let's get right into this and start with your story. And what surprised me is that you got into the occult as a child. So before telling us how you distinctly got into the occult, maybe tell us just a little bit about your family, which you described as culturally Catholic. Yeah. So my mom was raised Catholic. She went to Catholic school. Um, her aunt was a psychic medium and definitely practiced mm. Reiki. She wouldn't have put that term. She thought she was a healer. And mom was always attracted to paranormal activity um, and having those types of conversations. So um, in our home, growing up, we were culturally Catholic. We went to church sometimes, maybe for Christmas, maybe not. Christmas to us was the food, classic Queens, New York, Italian, you know, the antipasta and everything, the whole deal. And um, I didn't have any sort of relationship with Jesus Christ. I didn't, I didn't really know who he was, honestly. I mean, I knew of him, but I didn't really know him. But in my home anyway, we were talking about ghosts, if you will. I mean, mm. I know they were friends at the time, of course. Uh, ghosts, paranormal activity, Ouija boards. I didn't use a Ouija board. Neither did anybody in my house, but we had open conversations about these mm. things. So yeah, that was going on. And my dad was uh, definitely, um, I would say, beyond culturally Catholic, maybe even mm. zero faith in Christ at all. Mom kind of looked like she did have some faith in Jesus, but hmm. uh, she was very deceived and led astray. And my dad was kind of off doing his own thing. So in your family, were these just tools? Were they tricks? Or was it like this paranormal world is real and we know it and we experience it regularly? Real deal. Um, you know, and, and of course, I think because it was in mom's life and she gave the demons attention and permission they were definitely on the move in our home uh you know just stirring things up doing things and trust me i don't believe there's a demon behind every corner sometimes you just have electricity problems but when you really open that door and go through that door um, of demonic oppression they will be there they'll show up you invoke them by doing that so they were definitely messing around in my house and we knew it we could hear footsteps we saw the lights going on and off the radio would do it um and that's how we would acknowledge that that it was something from you know something supernatural for sure okay so for me my from the outside looking in and thinking this scares the living daylights out of me i wouldn't <laughs> want anything to do with it from your experience in your family, you went the opposite direction for reasons you'll explain, but it seems like about 13, you started mm -hmm. intentionally stepping into this world. Tell us about that, if you will. Absolutely. So mom was a hairdresser and my usual disclaimer, we're not throwing mom under the bus, 
but mom got involved with a woman who read tarot cards and the woman mm. came to my house to do kind of like a group reading deal. So it was private readings, little private readings, one at a time. And mom let my sister and I both have our own individual reading. And I was 13 and it was like a 15 minute reading. Um, but I was in awe of the, of the reading. Mm. I really was. I, I, I didn't understand how this stranger could tell me things that were true or how those cards could know something about me. So, so tell us what happens. Kind of walk us through. We've seen images, maybe stuff in movies, but when you say a tarot reading, what does mm -hmm. that actually entail? The shuffling of the deck. And of course, if any card starts to fall out or does fall out, the reader will look at that card, believing that that was meant to come out and that will be part of your reading. Um, and then they do a layout uh, and then let you ask questions. Now, the idea is that when they do the layout, maybe past, present, future, the cards, the pictures on the cards, uh, what the cards are will represent um, a person, an outcome, a transition in your life, hidden meanings, really. Uh, supernatural hidden information, okay. esoteric knowledge. That's what it is. Yeah. Which is what occult means is something that's hidden and covered up. Do you recall, I know this is a number of years ago. Do you recall some of the things that got your attention and thought, how on earth could somebody know this? Yeah. I think one thing in particular that I recall because it had just happened, which is no surprise. And I'm sure we could go through that later, but my, uh, my friend, um, Heather, she was my best friend at the time. I was 13. She had gone on a trip and we used to write letters to each other, but she came home and she bought me this beautiful ring and like a best friend ring or something. I wasn't wearing the ring, but she told me, this woman told me through that reading that your best friend, so-and-so went on a trip and came back with a ring for you. I mean, exactly. And I was like, wow. whoa, yeah, like I, I'm totally in now, you know. Wow, that's fascinating. So as a, as a 13 year old, when you say you're totally in, what did that mean? I wanted more. I started seeking it out. I got my own tarot cards. My sister got her own tarot cards. And from that day on, really, that's where I went for my information, that's where I went when I wanted to not only know something, but when I was looking for some sort of, I think, happiness, peace or comfort in the midst of whatever was going on in my life. And certainly, of course, um, to find out things about myself, insight, where was I gonna go in life? What was my purpose in life? Anytime something would happen, how am I gonna get through this? What's the outcome gonna be? Who am I going to marry? You know, the, the whole deal. Uh, Anything that would come up, my sister and I would consult the tarot cards. That's actually what we used to call it. We used to call it consultations. Let's go consult. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So in a sense, this was your primary source of knowledge, your identity. This where you mm -hmm. went to for wisdom. This, in a sense, you could say operated kind of like scripture for you, but direct personalized information is coming through. So in some ways it might've felt more powerful than reading a book from 2000 years ago, didn't it? Yo, definitely, lots of mm. power. And especially mm. then when you have people coming to you now and you're not thinking of it that way because at the time you're thinking, and I certainly did for many years, that I was helping people. Anytime I would do a reading, even if it was the tarot cards for family or friends, we're helping that person because they're coming 
with an issue, their heart is heavy and they want to know things. And I thought I was helping people, but there's a pride that comes along with witchcraft and the occult, that power, like you said, that pride, you know, I'm, they're coming to me. I have this power mm. uh, to know things that I couldn't have known otherwise. Give me an example. You shared the one about your friend and the ring, but when people would come to you for information, maybe one or two comes to mind of just things that you found out for yourself, found out for somebody else that just ch you chalk up as like, that just couldn't be coincidence. Oh boy, there was there really are so many because I was in the new age for so many years, but I can recall a time when I was getting a an ultrasound and sometimes when I would just be out and about, I would just start receiving information about people. See, I didn't, not that people need to use tarot cards, but I uh, was a psychic medium. Um, I ended up as a psychic medium. I didn't need any sort of tool I was the tool, I was the vessel, and I just received information about people. So I was getting the ultrasound and I started receiving information around this woman, the woman who was doing the test. And I said, listen, you know, I'm a psychic and I, I, I get some information. Is it okay for me to share it with you? Nobody ever said no. Nobody wow. said no, wow. ever, no, honestly. And she said, oh yeah, you know, the intrigue, like the eyes, like wide open, ooh, what are they gonna tell me? And it was all about her brother who died in a boat accident, who he was with, where he was, what he looked like. Now, I don't know this woman from Adam. Um, pardon the biblical pun <laughs> in a psychic medium story, but um, I didn't know this woman at all. And the information was so spot on. Well, she became a client of mine. She became a regular client of mine. Yeah, it was so spot on about her brother. And, you know, and he was young, you know, he was a young man, not a teenager, but he was a young man, 20s or 30s, I don't recall perfectly. But you, you miss your family, you miss your departed loved ones. And rather than going to God, people come to the psychics, people come to the mediums, because they believe the lie that they're connecting. Who wants to, grief is one of the worst emotions, if not, I would say the worst emotion that we have to deal with. Um, it's so heartbreaking. And when somebody leaves us, what do you want to do? You want to talk to them again. You want to see them again, instead of thank God for his word and knowing that we could put our rest in the Lord Jesus and know that they go to one of two places. They don't talk to mediums, but you just want to connect with that person. So this woman in her grief just wanted to hang on, have another conversation with her brother, know that he's okay. That's a big part of readings. They want to know if everybody's okay. Um, so that was one particular story. I, I share one. I did a group reading one time, um, which this one, it, we were not all in the same room together. I did the same thing like that woman years ago. I was in a room and every 15 minutes, somebody could come in, they would be sent in and I would read them. And this one woman came in and the familiar spirit that I hate to use these terms, but these were the terms came through was actually um, pretending to be the man that shot this woman. This woman was shot by her uncle and sitting in front of me. And so this familiar spirit, because again, we know that it is not her uncle coming Holy through. Cow. Deceased people do not talk to mediums. It's never them. Uh, it's a demon masquerading and he was masquerading. I say he as the woman's uncle and 
the hatred that was in this woman's eyes. And I'm getting all the information now that's coming in, the newspaper articles, what happened. He shot her and her brother when they were uh, sleeping. And now she's looking at me with daggers in her eyes, almost like she's going to jump out at me, like I'm the uncle and I'm just the medium. And the hatred was so severe and the evil mm. that I could even tell from that particular demon because demons masquerade is all different they take they manifest into different um you know familiar spirits animals things like that so some might seem nicer than others this one was blatantly dark and evil and shook me to the core i was sick for quite a few days i, I think it was mm. mostly that weekend but it lasted up to a week i believe i felt sick i actually got sick and that's kind of interesting to me because when you look in the in the scripture accounts of de, not that I was possessed, but demons can affect um, your health. I mean, you can even see that in Job. Uh, hmm. Our health can be affected. So I was sick from that, but so the information was accurate, and this woman was very angry, very very angry about what had happened. Holy cow! Uh, understandably so, if that had happened from her uncle. Yeah. Now, You've yeah. given some very clear examples that just seem virtually impossible to explain away by coincidence. Mm -hmm. Were there any times where you were wrong, where you got information and just fed it to people and were mistaken? I don't think I, I don't know what would have been wrong. Maybe the future stuff could have turned out. Um, mm -hmm. I don't recall that though. I mean, my, maybe they wouldn't have mentioned that. I mean, my business was all word of mouth. So I wasn't out there plugging away you know, trying to be famous or going to restaurants or have a website. I didn't have any of that stuff. It was all word of mouth. Um, if something didn't transpire from a future, that's when something could be wrong from the future because demons don't know the future. Um, mm. They're good predictors of it, excellent predictors of it. Human beings are excellent predictors of the future. If somebody does something, you know, seven days a week on the eighth day, you're going to predict that your loved one, your wife or your children, you've seen them do it every day for seven days. And so why wouldn't they do it the next day? But you're not going to be 100% ever correct because mm. you're not gone. So you don't know. So the future could definitely end up differently because the demons are merely predicting and they're good at it because they've seen They've studied and they know a lot about you. They know a lot about your family. They know a lot about you and they know a lot about mankind. They've been studying, they've been here for ages. So to them, it's you know not, not a difficult thing to do. Um, so that's where something, but anything that had already transpired was very easy because anything that demons have seen, they can report with 100% accuracy. They've already seen it happen, they were there. So. Even if it seems like something good to you, like a, a psychic working with a police officer, well, they saw what happened. They saw. So if they get it right, it's because they saw what transpired and they don't care if you get a little bit of something that you want, as long as you um, are in disobedience to the Lord. And as long as you don't hear the mm -hmm. gospel, as long as you don't put your faith in God, they just want you. The devil just wants you away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I mean, I, I've, no, no, that was, that was, that was helpful. Would you say, you've mentioned things like witchcraft, uh, the occult, psychics, uh, tarot cards, Ouija boards. Do you think behind all of this, ghosts is demonic influence? Is that the explanation for all of it or some of it? 
No, I would say all of it, 100%. Mm. And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that are scam artists, right? There's a scam, there's, you know, a huckster in every group, really, if you think about it. Um, so there are people that do cold readings. Absolutely, they do. They look for cues maybe to make a quick buck or, or make more than a quick buck, unfortunately. I mean, I remember years ago, because as many readings as I would do, I also got readings too. And I would do readings for myself, but I also went um, to, to different types of people. Like we were saying before, I went to numerologists and astrologers and things like that. And there was a woman one time, a clairvoyant, and she gave me a whole spiel. Um, this is going wrong in your life and you know, yada, yada. And if you buy some candles for me and I'm going to say a prayer for you and take a bath in this, that that's a, that's ridiculous. Mm. Um, but don't let that make anybody spiritually ignorant. The Bible is clear um, about divination from the beginning of God's word really to the end. Um, so it's a real, it's the real deal. It's just really demonic. So yes, demons are. And I feel very sorry for people that are pretending or doing those cult readings because either way, they still are invoking demons into their life. Mm. Mm. They open the door for themselves and those people that go to see them. So in your life, you you never were. It never was like someone came to you and you thought, well, I've got to come up with something, so I'm going to look at their dress, look at the way they're acting, try to figure something out, feed them words that they might feel like I'm giving information. That was never your approach. It was always just channeling and then voices would just come into your mind, like would the information just appear? Yeah, I love how somebody said it recently, like it's downloaded. It's downloaded mm. right your, sometimes I would see things too. So I would see things, images, I would see lights around people. I could see, you know, black hair or somebody, somebody from my family, like a frame of reference that, oh, your mom is coming through and she has, you know, black curly hair and whatever. It looks like my Aunt Edie or whatever. And oh yeah, that's, that's what mom looked like. That's exactly what she looked like. I believed I was helping people, Sean, you know, so mm. I, I didn't have any interest in, in scamming people. I believed that I had a gift from God and that's what I was told. But the new age will tell you, you are, you are oh. given a godly gift. Yes. And you need to go out there and use it to help people. Um, and that's what I believed I was doing. I never had any interest. And, and, you know, I was the girl next door, you know, um, you know, shopped at, you know, whatever, the gap. You know, and said, no, I wasn't sinister looking, you know, nothing like evil looking around me. And I really just wanted to help people. It's very, very deceiving. Um, the enemy cashes in on your vulnerability and your weakness. And children mm -hmm. certainly are susceptible to that, just like I was. Well, I read an article that you were talking about with our friend Billy Hallowell, and you talk about how Satan is an angel of light. And, uh, his deception is so subtle, and that was true in your case, uh, mm -hmm. in the story that you tell. Now, at 13, you said you were all in, you're attracted mm -hmm. to this, it gave you power. How did things start to shift? Because you didn't come out of the occult, I believe, until 36. So mm -hmm. if I'm doing the math right, that is 23 years of doing readings, etc., being a psychic. When was maybe some of the first signs where you felt like, you felt it was uneasy, gave you pause, wasn't helping in the way you thought it was supposed to help. Well, well, I was actually 37, but when I was 36, okay. that was when I believed, no, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to correct you or anything, but at <laughs> 36, <laughs> you know, but at 36 <laughs> is, is when I believed 
the Holy Spirit reached me for the first time. So then for the better mm. part of that nine, 10 months was the Holy Spirit doing a work on my heart. But I, I didn't want to do the readings when I cried out. I cried out to Jesus Christ at the end of my 36th year. Mm. I mean, I, I was, I guess you could say like a moment, um, I say a second where everything was so heavy. The demonic oppression was so heavy. I, I just called out on Jesus Christ, mm. the Jesus I never served. I never cared about really. I didn't debunk him. I just didn't care. Um, and I knew a, a false Jesus anyway, but I cried out to him and, um, and he showed up for sure. But then I didn't know what to make of it. I was very vulnerable spiritually. I was like, but I don't want to do readings anymore, but I don't know why. So I had no idea. So I go through this kind of journey with Christ, I guess. Right. Because, um, I didn't know that, G I didn't know the words or what to call it or anything like that. I just knew something really radical had changed and I stopped doing readings for a while, but then I went back to them and, um, mm. Jesus, Jesus never gave up on me. So I was 37, but here's the wacky thing. I knew when I was doing it, that there were, that there was something bad going on hmm. too. I, I wouldn't have called it demons. I would say, you know, kind of like light and dark or or like the good and the bad. And the, the thing is that anytime I had that notion, um, I was encouraged by the new age to keep using false tools of protection, like crystals and candles and sage and, hey, you're afraid of it. Don't worry about it. Just imagine white light around yourself and you'll be protected. It's kind of like whether you look to the universe or, or source or whatever, like this higher thing that could protect you from this bad, but they're not telling you really what the bad is. It's like good and bad spirits that you believe that you even have the power to filter out uh, without Christ. So I did know something was, you know, bad at, at certain times. I saw a lot of scary things, um, but not until Christ uh, started nudging my heart, the Holy Spirit, did I really have uh, the idea that something, you know, was about to change? And it did. So for the most part, in the 23-ish years or so, <laughs> you were helping people, mostly happy, thought you had a mean, meaningful life. Uh, but there was just this background sense of like, I'm not sure I'm really comfortable on the right side here. But the lies you were told and the experience you had helping people kept you going is that is that fair of your experience during that season oh yeah totally okay. totally and at the end i was even teaching a divination class a divination wow. group and i loved it i absolutely loved it i loved being with mm. my spiritual people and um i loved what i was doing i loved the people and i was teaching you know law of attraction and chakra balancing and you know, readings and psychic mediumship, guided meditation, the whole deal. So I really loved it. You know, if you think about it, even though I went through the dark times, you think about it, um, when Christ sets you free, you know, 